there is an indefinable, mysterious power that pervades everything. That power that can make a way out of nowhere. Today, the world, in the world, is so much suffering because of that one of prayer. Welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. This is the Prayer Revolution. My name is Doyao, and I am your host, along with my good friend and co-host, Vera. Um, this is your daily prayer podcast. We uh, start our mornings off, 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, with a prayer. And then we discuss what it means to bring the mood of prayer into our life. Um, and in light of the recent um, incidences that are being are raising awareness around uh, racism and Black Lives Matters in our country. Um, we've been inviting uh, members of our Black community to speak with us and to share. And our very good friend and, and um, a guest today is Monique, who actually was one person who, um, who really ignited this, uh, ignited us and reminded us the importance of inviting these voices onto our show. Vera and I began talking about some of these issues and she uh, she wrote to us very kindly and very lovingly. And she's like, I really love you guys. You guys are doing great. Thank you so much. I'm really glad you're talking about these issues. But you're white, and uh, you know, are you gonna bring some? Are you gonna bring some VIPOC uh, onto this show to talk with you guys? Oh man! <laughs> and I said, I said, I'm like, you're right. I'm really. You're right. And so. Um, what an intro! What an intro! And so, uh, and so, uh, it just, it just, it just, it just, it just, it just, it just reminded me how, um, how, how important that is to having these conversations. And so, I'm so grateful to you, Monique, and I, and I, and I love you so much. You're such a bright and a joyous personality. Um, I've known you for several years at the Bucky Center. I remember, I believe we met in the elevator at the Bucky Center, going up to Thursday night Kirtan, and you know, you never know. You meet people at the Bucky Center. And you don't know, like, has this person been here for years? Is this their first time? Am I supposed to know you? I don't, you know what I mean? Like, you meet somebody, you met the elevator, I was like, hi, how are you doing? And it was like your first time there. And I was like, oh, it's your first time here. And it was, I think it was a Thursday night Kirtan. That was your first time at the Bucky Center? Or? It was. I mean, yeah, it showed up uh, on like a Tuesday or something. And then when Pandit was in charge of the scheduling at the time, I just went into the room, like in the room and the DDs were closed and I had no idea what that was at first. <laughs> so I just sat there and started meditating and I was just, I had my eyes closed. And then when I finally opened them, um, Pondit was there and he was very welcoming and very kind. And I told him, well, yeah, you know, I looked you guys up because, you know, I saw some of the, you know, the, the monks outside and whatever, you know, and I was really inspired uh, to, you know, really, come to a temple every day of my life and he just was like well you should come to our Thursday night kirtan <laughs> and that's so I did that and then um I remember my first time coming there and bright Vera was just <laughs> you know he was like it was like this angel it was like the heavens of the heavens he was so welcoming and introduced me to Diana his wife and his whole crew at the time actually and I he introduced me to Sundari Gopi which opened an amazing friendship and that was the start of like everything they just always kept me involved and I would just come like almost every day at least like in the evenings <laughs> all the time like 8 30 I would do the last darshan and I'd always be there after work and I would have to go all the way home to the Bronx 
um, yeah, I was in the Bronx at that time still, yeah, so that was like an hour, took me an hour, I don't know, hour and 15 minutes to get home, you know, and I would make that effort as much as possible because it was so special. Black Lives Matter is so special and it's just life-changing, so I'm grateful for it. <laughs> changed my life. You guys have changed my life such a great deal, so I, I wouldn't be sitting here now, you know, so it's just amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you're so, so, um, so something I love about you so much, Monique, is you're always so bright and joyous. Your smile is infectious. There's always a giggle coming out. You have, uh, and you always, always bring, bring joy. You bring positivity. You bring uh, laughter. You bring wisdom and depth. And, uh, and you're a leader also. You're a leader. You've lived here in New York. You've spent time in London. Um, now you're in, in West Virginia in a farm community. You've um, been a part of ashram. You've lived in ashrams. You've led programs, and you're a beautiful singer. Everybody's shy. <laughs> little shy. But she's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful singer. I remember when we had a we had a fundraising event just last year. It was last year. Things things that like are a year ago or a couple months ago feel like an eternity ago, like a decade ago. But it was just last year that um, we had a fundraising event and you got to sing. Johnny V invited you up to sing with her and you sang a, a rendition of Higher Love. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was very beautiful. We were all there together. Um, and that was like a dream come true. I mean, she is a pillar uh, of the entire movement. And it was just like, I had met her in Mexico actually before mm -hmm. um, meeting her at that moment. So it was really, really amazing. Uh, to come back into the community after London. And then she, you know, she messaged me and asked me before I arrived back if I wanted to be a part of it. And I was just like floored. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my God, Johnny Harrison's asking me to sing with her. So it was just like, great. And, I, and it, was, it was an awesome experience. It was a learning lesson, ton of learning lessons for me. Cause I'm just not very advanced, you know, but she, and she's, an amazing person to learn from. So um, that was probably one of the coolest experiences though, for just to be there with all of you, Maharaja's there, Radha Swami. So it was just like, wow, to come from this moment of meeting you in an elevator and meeting, you know what I mean? It's just, you just never know where life is going to take you. You just gotta take that foot forward. You know, you gotta do it. You have to take those chances, you know, because you just don't know what's gonna happen because it's not our job to know everything, right? Mm -hmm. So. It's just a good feeling, you know? <laughs> so glad you're here with us, Monique. Veer, I want to check in with you. How are you doing this morning, buddy? Doing good. Thank you for asking, Doyle. Anything you wanted to check in about specifically? Just what's behind that big smile of yours and what's on your heart and how you doing? I'm just uh, enjoying hearing you guys share. You hear your voices. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm here grateful. I'm grateful that you're here, too. We, um, we normally start our mornings off with a prayer, and I didn't, I didn't ask you ahead of time, Monique, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, but uh, would you like to lead us in a little prayer? You're allowed to say no. I, okay, I'm going to say no because I like Vera's prayer. Ooh, <laughs> put him in the hot seat. I'm putting you on the spot, Vera. You got the experience. I'm not qualified. You got to give a prayer. <laughs> So we love you prayer. It's, it is the prayer revolution. So uh, we set our intention and get ourselves in space. So, Monique, what would you like to pray about today? What's what's on your heart? What do you? What's in your conscience? Oh. Well, 
for the Lord to give all of us guidance to speak whatever truth that he would like us to speak, you know, um, just to be that vessel and to pray for those that are fallen um, because it's not even just George Floyd anymore. It's not even about the, you know, our black body soldiers that have fallen. It's, it's about the entire world. I mean, a lot of, several people have fallen now for going out there fighting for our race. So I guess just peace for the entire world, you know, something of that. It's not even just about being black anymore. I mean, people are dropping no matter what race they're being harassed. Um, it's just not a good thing. I mean, I've watched several things and it's just been really heartbreaking. So, you know, mm. I guess that would be, <laughs> was that close to a prayer now? <laughs> yeah, sounds like you're moving toward it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I don't I'll know. Is that how you do it? I'm learning how you do it. You know, I well, love how you do it. It's uh, just a conversation from your heart, what it is that you're seeking and what it is that you're, you're hoping to experience in your life and what it is you're, you're wishing for others and what you're grateful for. So many, so many different ways you can pray. And really, it's just from the heart. It's not, uh, not you know, as much as possible, just getting out of our, our mind and just letting our heart, letting that, letting ourself express that love express that clear intention that we have so you're beautiful monique and and i'll, I'll share a little bit i i heard you you sharing some things that that are always heart touching and so can just connect to your breath connect to the present moment right now the constant shattering of the mind it will it will be there will be there when we return from our prayer and just letting the mind whatever it wants to say, whatever it wants to speak, but just letting it be, just like a river has a current and so many thoughts will come, just let them flow downstream and come into this moment. We're calling out to a higher power, has many names, many forms, has come at many different times to reestablish truth, to help us to reconnect to our essence spiritually. We're calling out to that one God, my dear Lord, now is a time where unity is, is being asked from the people. There's a cry from the human heart that's asking for us to move beyond bodily conceptions, to move beyond the, the bigotry, to move beyond the harshness that we can have toward each other, toward ourselves. That today we're praying, help us all in the subtle and the gross ways to eliminate violence from our life. We're praying to have understanding for us to be able to recognize the suffering of others and to become extended with a pure heart and a pure desire to serve, to make a difference in this world as vessels of your love. We're praying to you today that for all those in the world right now that are hurting, that are feeling disconnected, that are struggling with their faith, that are struggling to see unity in all species on this planet, to see that we're all here actually to uplift each other, that all people that are struggling right now, please touch their heart. Our collective prayer is that 
their heart can be touched by you, that they can experience a transformation, they can experience your love, your compassion, that clarity, that awakening from within their hearts and from within all of our hearts. Let us feel that today. Please, my Lord, touch our hearts. Touch our hearts and help us to wake up that we can express love no matter who it is that we're coming into contact with, whether they're near or far, that when we think of them, when we're with them, the words we speak, our actions, that the foundation of them is love, compassion, gratitude, seeing them as your children. We call out your names, my Lord. We call out your holy names that have the power to awaken our souls, the power to clear away all the dust, all the dirt that's covering our pure consciousness. We call out your names and ask that you, you help us to reconnect. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. You guys are powerful. I don't know what it was. I was just moved by both here and Monique. You guys are like, I feel like I just need to shut up and let you guys just do this. That's so super powerful, Vera and, and Monique. Thank you for, for setting us in that direction and putting us that in that place. It was really, really beautiful. Very grateful and moved. Thank you both. Wow. Very beautiful. Yeah, Vera, is, that's, that, was, that was on point. You know, I, one thing I think about all the time, and the reason why I asked him to lead us is because this is going to maybe sound funny to you guys, but, you know, I look at you guys like my gurus, you know, my teachers, you know, you guys were the first founders for me. So, you know, especially going through my teachings now and trainings, um, now I'm learning the, you know, the understanding behind that, you know, so it's really important. And I'm just so grateful that I can still be a part of you guys, even though I'm not there. So that's like, I'm just grateful for that, just let alone because you guys have opened the pathway for me. You, you led me through the door, you led me to the light. So it was like a, you know, and you've still been there for me. So I just, man, you know, so I take it very, very seriously, and that's why <laughs> I look up to you guys. Grateful to be with you, Monique. You always, uh, when, when I think about you and think about our, our times together, there's there's different qualities that come to mind, different experiences that come to mind. But you you are like a you're like a beaming ray of sunshine. You have that effect, you know, and and that every human being has a potential to be that ray of, of sunshine. And that is, it's just so natural for you, you know, that all that light, it's like, it's, you can't contain it within your body. It just comes spewing out, it comes shooting out from your pores. And, and so, so grateful for your, your enthusiasm. Also, you have such a, such an amazing enthusiasm for service and for spiritual growth. And you have such a sincerity of heart in how you seek 
that any question you have, anything that doesn't make sense, you know, you don't get on a high horse about it or, you know, if something doesn't, you know, if something rubs you the wrong way, you're not, you know, pushing it back in someone's face, but you, you ask, you really live a life of understanding. And it's a, it's a, the life of a saintly person, of a seeker. And so you inspire me in so many different ways. And of course, your, your beautiful angelic voice and uh, super grateful to be able to spend some time with you this morning and excited to hear your heart and you share. Another thing to point out is I never thought that I would be, you know, part of your, <laughs> your podcast. So that's, this is a surprise. And um, that's why I'm just so grateful that the Bhakti Center has such an amazing platform and you guys utilize it so well, Vera. You know, I've always been a huge fan because I know and I've always known, you know? And the fact that you've now created this platform where, you know, black body people can actually speak and not to say that you haven't allowed it, but through our spiritual movement, you know, I feel, some of us should be seen a little more, you know, because I can sort of count the black body people when I go to different temples. It's really funny. I always think, gosh, we need more. There just needs to be, I don't know how to do it, but it's like, yeah, we need to have more, you know, in such a way. And I don't know if that sounds ignorant, but, you know, I'm just like, I know I've even spoken about it with Jonavi. Like, she is a true believer, too. You know, we, of course, we're not this body, right? You know, but we're all here based off of our karma in this body, you know, like we have each have a role to play based off of whatever we're trying to work out. So, you know, I have to resonate with this skin color, you know, like the colorism of it. And I've dealt with it my whole life. So I think it's so interesting that, you know, that's something that I see and I try not to put it on others, you know, but it's like a it can be like, it was a crutch for a while. And then I said, okay, when I found Krishna, I was like, all right, let me just throw that crutch off, you know, because I don't need to think about that, you know, that I'm black, you know, but when things are happening <laughs> and even things inside the movement, you know, there are moments, there are things that happen sometimes and I'm just like, oh boy, you know, <laughs> and then, or sometimes I get into that mode internally where I'm thinking, it's because I'm black. And, it, and I'm sure you know, other black people think the same thing within the movement, but they don't express it, you know, out loud, but I don't care, I'm going to say it, you know, like, but that thought process can come in, you know, sometimes if something doesn't go right, or if something happens, or if they say something to me, and they didn't say something to someone else, I'm always like, it's because I'm black, because I was so systematic, you know, it's so systematic, like, from birth, <laughs> or like, from being a child, and, you know, I was never, you know, I wasn't like you guys, I didn't grow up with the movement, but, you know, it was like, uh, that is a part of it. That's just like, you know, it's, it's just, the racism is so thick um, in America. I mean, maybe even around the world, it looks like everybody's out there marching, you know? So I'm sure everyone has a story, you know? So it's very, you know, this is, I'm just like thinking about all those thoughts. <laughs> and I actually have the nectar of devotion here and in order for us to get started properly, there is one bit in chapter 10, which I think is amazing because it's part of techniques and of hearing and remembering. And this explains a bit of 
the consciousness that we hold and why we are the way we are, right? So I really love this. And you probably know it, <laughs> or Doyle knows it really well, because I'm sure he knows, he remembers stuff. But, um, but it says here, when a man is snake bitten, he does not die immediately, but first he becomes unconscious and remains in a comatose condition. Anyone who is in the material world is also sleeping as he is ignorant of his actual self or his actual duty and his relationship with God. So materialistic life means that one is bitten by the snake of Maya, illusion, and thus, without any Krishna consciousness, is almost dead. So, oh, I guess I can, oh, here we go, there's more, it's good stuff. Now the so-called dead men bitten by a snake can be brought back to life by the chanting of some mantra. There are expert chanters of these mantras who can perform this feat. Similarly, one can be brought back into Krishna consciousness from the deadly unconscious state of material life by hearing of the Maha Mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Rama. So that's why I wanted to start with that because it makes sense, right? You know, it's always about Shravanam when we're hearing. Um, but it says so much about what's happening, everyone that's around us. And that's how I can have this compassion even for the looters and the rioters. Because you have to understand their state of mind, their process, where they're at. You know, they, they've been bitten by the snake. <laughs> you know, like we're all bitten by the snake. Um, of this illusion, of this life, of the material existence, and not even that, just the materialization mm -hmm. of the world, the, the stores, the, um, you know what I mean? So it's just, um, as I mean the stores, meaning like people that actually are trying to go and take things out of a target. And I think to myself, gosh, you know, if, if there wasn't a target, then what? You know what I mean? But I think of all of the places that they're looting, everyone is focused on the, the companies and people's businesses. And I think, gosh, you know, yeah, that's it's terrible, yeah, because if you built something up from the ground up, but in the eyes of the looters, in the eyes of those who are oppressed, most of the time they're thinking it's a white business. You know, so when you take it on that level, you sort of understand the mindset is like, burn it to the ground you know the mindset is like I don't care about this you know because I'm never gonna have it I'm never gonna accomplish that you know what I mean like that's the harsh reality of the mindset and I know because I remember when the I'm sorry when the beatings happened to in 92 uh, what's that? Rodney King yeah Rodney King yeah. and um I try to forget it. I know I brought it up in one of my videos <laughs> but um, that I posted, but I remember I was a kid, man, at that time, you know? I was like leaving fifth grade or something, you know, or in fifth grade. So it was like, now you can figure out my age. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, and I remember thinking to myself when we could hear helicopters and everything, like we're at home and watching the news. And I remember saying, you know, man, we could have got a new TV. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just a kid, you know, but you see all these people stealing stuff. And you're like, wow, is that how we do things? Is that how you live, you know? And my mom would always be like, no, nah, man, you're going to get arrested. And if you get arrested, I'm not going to get you out, you know? <laughs> That's what you're doing, you know? So don't do stuff like that, you know? Um, but it's just, it's, it's, it's really interesting, you know? So I think about that and it helps me remember when I see all of the writers out there, I'm just like, man, I know what they're thinking. And so how can they overcome that? How can you step out of that? Um, and I think about where I've come from and how I grew up. And I love hearing Vera speak about himself because I didn't know it was like that for him, you know? Um, so I'm just like, wow, we have a similar background, you know, because um, a lot of the times we had to depend on you know, my mom's friends or people in the building, like, you know, we went, I went through a lot growing up and I always felt alone. And, but I always felt like I had to watch my back. That's the difference when you're black bodied is you feel like you got to watch your back in the neighborhoods. You know, it's like, it's like a war all the time, actually. <laughs> Not a lot of looting, but I mean, hey, you could get looted, you know, <laughs> so you got to be careful. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I could get into it more, but I don't know if you wanted to ask anything based off of that excerpt. <laughs> well, the, the, thank you for being so, so vulnerable and honest and, and, and real and reflective with us, Monique. Um, what I, what I was, what I was thinking, or just reflecting on, on what you were sharing is that, you know, you read this very powerful, deep spiritual message from the Nectar of Devotion, this spiritual book about being bitten by the, the snake of illusion and there was some appreciation for it in the chat board and and then you were mentioning some of like the looting and some of the writing that's happening and like looking at it from one vantage point and being like why are they doing that what's going on and looking from another vantage point and seeing like oh I can see where people are coming from and I, I know that vantage point also and uh, I was reflecting on that quote from from Martin Luther King Jr. that you know the ride is the voice is the voice of the unheard you know, that mm -hmm. when it comes to this place being unheard, it just explodes into this expression. And so do you feel that there is like, so people need to, pe there's, there's a sense of needing to be heard. Um, do you mm -hmm. feel that there is, you know, because you read the From the Nectar Devotion, that there is like a spiritual message that needs to come across through these times? Or is that a little too like, like lofty for what, what people need to be hearing right now? I mean, your prayer in the beginning and Vera's prayer was so beautiful and profound and deep of just like reconnecting to our spiritual selves to overcome this type of illusion. And so do you feel that there's like, that there should be, like, do you think that spirituality should be leading the conversation in terms of how we're addressing these things? Or is it like a little too ethereal? And if so, what would be a practical spiritual messages? How, how do you approach that with your spirituality in the conversations that you have? Ah, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, because now there's two different things here. When I when I heard that, I'm thinking, gosh, you know, that's really good points. But I'll say first things first. Yes, people want to be heard, especially black people. I mean, because being black bodied, we're surrounded by white faces when you look at it from our viewpoint. It's hard to explain that because I've had, I have a lot of white body friends. Look, I don't even have a lot of black body friends, to be honest with you. Most of them are gay men, just so you know. <laughs> Other than that, like, I don't know 
um, I don't actually don't have a lot, you know, so I used to be the token, you know, I was a token black girl, you know, that's what they used to call that term, you know, um, and they probably still do. But I think about being heard. And I think about when I used to try and explain myself or explain what I would see every day. And a lot of my white body friends didn't realize that and they didn't think that. So this is how you know people didn't believe that racism was real because they don't realize that when you're even on the train, what do you see when you see an ad? You know, you see whatever ad it is, what face is on it, what color is on that. You know, it's very psychological. What TV shows are you seeing on, you know, that's why Hollywood has changed so much. Everything that we grew up in from the 80s and 90s as kids, that programs into your mind what you see. So when you are a person that is of that race, you can forget about your own race for sure. But then you want to be another person's race because that's the race that you see every day. So the, psycholo the psychology behind it is pretty crazy when you think about wanting to be heard because you forget who you are sometimes in society. So I guess that gets very close to Jim Crow, you know, like when you think about the laws that were instilled, everything that's been in our face about colorism, if you're lighter, um, you get, you know, better treatment. And if you're dark, you don't. So a lot of that anger, you know, it gets pushed down because you don't think about it. And then it gets raised up when a spark, you know, and that when that spark of the flame like happens, it can erupt. And then, yes, people want to be, they want to be heard at that point. So that's that aspect, which is really, really important. Um, but as the spiritual philosophy goes, then when I think about my life, for me, it was easy because my mother was already into spirituality and she also believes in God, you know? So she was, she would take us to a Christian church when we were kids, me and my brother. Um, she would take us to a Baptist, you know, so I got to see gospel, Baptist, all this stuff. Um, but before that, she would take us to a temple, which was at the time it was Paramahansa Yogananda's temple. That's her guru. So she was always very spiritual and into meditation. So I did have that door opener, you know what I mean? So as a kid, it was just instilled in me that there was this joy and this happiness with being still or, you know, resonating with God internally. And I always had that you know that spark or I've always wanted to find it so as for others um I believe that what I read that analogy makes so much sense if it's knowledge that can be passed on and the thing is is that it's not being passed on to those that are hurting and that are oppressed I mean I mean to some but I mean that's very general but you know what I mean it's like it can be passed on, and I, I don't feel that spirituality is elevated to a point. It's unfortunate that, that we're seeing what we're seeing. And I believe that our movement and this movement can change those lives and inspire others if it was presented properly. But in the way to do it, I think that analogies like that make perfect sense. Um, it's just a matter of if it's being expressed or if it's being brought there and if it's being preached there. And I think a lot of the times it's not, you know? So that's another aspect that I've talked about before. And, but 
But what I love that what I just now I'm thinking about this more now because now what it does is it correlates with what I was speaking about the psychology, right? So the problem is, and this is why I can see why you would ask that question because you're thinking that their mindsets are just they're so angry that they just wouldn't be able to see God. But half of those children and most of black body kids have grown up Christian. They believe in God. They know who God is. They had to go to church every Sunday. So the, the spiritual process is there. It just has to be reawakened. And it has to be reawakened through service, through showing that service um, and loving another person. It has to be through love. And then, and then, and then the philosophy can come. You know what I mean? So there has to be a way where, you know, Prashad is the big thing. You know, like Prashad can change lives. Let's even talk about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Prashad is on point. So you feed people Prashad, you give people kirtan, you sing, you love, you show that happiness and people see something differently. I mean, it might be really like this eruption at first and they might look at you crazy, but at the end of the day, not necessarily because I remember being a part of the Brooklyn crew and, uh, we went to the West Indian Day Parade in Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't know, I'm laughing because I don't know if y'all know, but Rihanna's always doing it, you know, she posts about because it it's her heritage, right? So it's very popular. And when you go there, I mean, the streets are covered. I mean, cops are everywhere too, but it's covered in half dressed, half naked. We're talking about people drunk, you know? And we went out there and it was just me, Charanti, um, she's also black bodied and then all the other guys, you know, they're just these tall, you know, European brahmacharis in orange and they're just, we're just, they're playing the Murdunga and we had the mic, I got to sing Charanti's thing and we were just like, ah, you know, and trust me, they turned around, saw us, started dancing with us and I was like, what? This is working and then we passed mic and, and we would tell them what to say and they would say it the holy names and I'm like yeah because people just see when they see happiness when they see love they respond black white people can respond no matter if they're angry happy they can respond to it it's just it has to be presented the same way it is you know anywhere else it just you know that's so I believe in it when I saw that and we were surrounded by a ton ton of black body people. I mean, it was just like, they look, some people looked at us like, what you doing here? What's going on? You know, but it was funny. And then others were like, hey, hey, y'all all right, man. Yeah, you all right. Let me get a, let me get a, you know, we give them a book and they take the book, you know. If Yogi was there, she'd give the book, you know. We were just like, she was so happy to preach, you know. She was like, wow, this is working. She goes, go over there, sing, sing. Let's go grab some people, you know. So, you know what I mean? It's the spirit of that. And they see kindness with all the white people that we were with. Like it was only two black body people there and they didn't harass them or look for them funny. So that's not the case. You know, that's what I'm saying. So when I believe in this movement, heart, heart, like fully, you know? So, so even in, 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 in spiritual communities um, that um, being conscious of, of who are, who, if we're trying to share messages of spirituality, being even conscious of like, who we're reaching out to share that message with, you know, are we reaching out to, um, you know, are we as, as a white person, am I only, am I, am I only identifying and seeing 
white people that I want to reach and, and share a message with? Are we identifying, you know, being diverse in our, um, in our audiences of who we're reaching out to? And you're giving this example of going to this West Indies parade, et cetera. And that, and that what, what I'm hearing from you is, 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 is a lot about education on all fronts. Um, and I think that, um, and I was reflecting about, I was reflecting about what's happening now and, um, you know, it's sort of, you know, you know, you know, racism is there and embedded at the beginning of our country. You know, it's like you look at, I was just, you know, the night, it wasn't until the 1960s that black people could actually vote. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's like you had for, you know, the civil war ended in 1860s and for a hundred years after that, and for the entire, you know, 1960s, not that long ago, you know what I mean? I think of like the Beatles or I think of, you know, whatever. It's like, it's, it just seems like around the corner, which is, you know, which is weird how times worked, you know what I mean? Because I think of like, I meet people today who were born in 2002 and they're adults. And I'm like, shouldn't you be in diapers right now? Like, 2002 was like yesterday. Or they're like adults, you know, my brother is born in 1998 and he's like in his 20s. I'm like, what? But 1960 was not that long ago, which means that the entire country was created and built with white people making laws, being in power, making decisions, et cetera. And so, you know, you look at the, you look at the, you look at the way the country was formed and you look at the way that racism is, as, as, has, has been built into the structure of how the country's functioned for centuries mm -hmm. since inception. And then it's kind of like something like this happens and it's, and I kind of feel like, and forgive me if I'm speaking out of way, but it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like a lot of us are, are, are white people are like, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's end racism. Let's fix it. What do we need to do? How are we going to end racism? You know what I mean? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm on board. I'm okay. Tell me what I need to do. Let's end racism. And it's like, wait a second. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, let's do it. Let's do it this week. Okay. Give me, give me the task items. Give me the, the agenda. Give me the timeline. Let's do it. And it's like, you know, cause, cause even if you enact legislation, mm -hmm. you know, something that, that Echo Virapabua, uh, a friend and a teacher of ours who lives in a, in, a, in a farm community in Pennsylvania, he mentioned that, you know, that in many ways racism is a symptom of something much deeper. Mm -hmm. you know, it's a disease of the soul. And mm -hmm. so, you know what I mean? It's like, you can, you can pass laws that say, be nice to people or to respect people, et cetera, but you're not changing the heart of how they view other people. And so I think on a level of, like safety and protection, like just like we have like murder, like it's against the law to murder people, which is why people are so upset with what happened to George Floyd. See, that was a murder and there should be justice. And so um, it's, it's, you know, you, we put laws in place for safe practices. And what, we've, what we're seeing with racism is that those laws are not being upheld to protect members of the black community in a way that they're designed to. It's like we get around it. And so we're, we're it, like you can still, the practicality is like, how can we enforce those laws to specifically ensure that racism doesn't spill out into how black people are oppressed or mistreated, et cetera. But there's still the underlying disease of the heart. You know what I mean? There's still the underlying disease of the heart of how I view people, et cetera. And so what I'm hearing from you is that like that education needs to be somehow brought to everybody, whether it's, Black people, people of color, white people, people in power, et cetera. It's like, we need to bring that message. And how we, it's how we communicate that message, if we're communicating it in a way that is re relevant, relatable, sensitive, and genuine, 
then that that can make an impact. But that message I'm hearing for, from you is like that message needs to be there because that's the underlying that's the underlying issue. Mm-hmm. Is is connecting ourselves back to God, and the and the thing is is that we forget about Krishna, and he knows. You know, like we all do. Everybody has. Um, when I first I remember first joining the movement and. Um, I remember speaking with another devotee who was dropping me off at the train station and we were actually in my neighborhood and, you know, it was like dudes out there drinking, you know, it was just like people just out there one, one block when we passed, they're fighting and one, you know, over stuff, you know, it's just, it's just how it is in the evening. And I'm just like, just like had my sari on trying to cover up because, you know, in my neighborhood, I didn't want to walk around in a sari for the first year, it was really hard for me to transition in the beginning. And I remember they told me, he said, this Prabhu said, he goes, I want you to look at everyone around you. You know, look at everyone. He goes, all of them don't know Krishna. He says, but you do, you know? And he said, so it takes, there's only a few people, like there's only a select, you know, few people that will know Krishna in this life, and it's such a huge blessing. And he wanted me to reflect on that by what I saw, you know, because I, you know, you don't think about it. You just leave your apartment, you go to the train, you go do your business, but you never, when do we actually take a look around what, what's around us? Um, and I think that's why for me, it was hard for me to stay. You know what I mean? I just couldn't. The Bhakti Center is always enough, but internally I was changing so much that I didn't like having to watch my back every time I would go home or be scared of something because not everybody's Krishna conscious. And I just was like, man, if there was something, some knowledge spread, you know. Um, but that woke me up and it woke me up to how special these things are when he said that to me. Um, it was just like a mic drop, you know, like, it was like, oh boy, I never looked at everybody like this, you know, like it was like this micro, you know, anyway, back to the point, you really said some amazing things. Um, I'm trying to reflect now because there was something I did. There was a lot of thoughts that came in. Sorry, that was one of them. Um, it's, it's definitely the knowledge that needs to be spread. And when you think about how we have all this knowledge and you see others that don't, it makes you see it that, you know, that it's something that can be passed. And the problem is, is that's why racism exists because a lot of people follow what they see and they've been following it for a long time. And half of the time, our generation, the difference is, is now what they call is white privilege, you know, or this, you know, you don't necessarily see it because the way the world is designed, you're going to do, go on luxurious vacations and do all these things. And you're going to go to college, work and get this amazing education, have an amazing job. You know, you're not going to see what black body people are going through because you don't live in that neighborhood that I'm discussing. You know, you're not going through that moment of when I leave Lower East Side, which I love that area. And then when I get all the way up to the hood, it's like, it's a whole nother world. <laughs> so it's like, you want to get out, you know, because I want to stay in the boxes or I want to be there forever. Cause it's like, 
that's where this bubble comes from, this happiness. And then it's like, but when I get there, I'm like completely different. I have to shut the smile off. I have to, you know what I'm saying? Cover up. It's like, whoa, it's a different world. And I think that that is how the racism has stayed so long. And that's why this is a huge eruption because a lot of white body people have no idea because the news, not even, I mean, thank God Hollywood, like I said, it's changed. So you see certain movies, hood movies that you can see and you can get an idea, but they're making up a lot of stuff too, you know, but you're not seeing, all you see on the news is, you know, if someone robbed somebody, if someone killed somebody, you know, like there's not ads up with, oh, hey, look at us in the hood, you know? It's like, it's not on your trains, it's not on your billboards, you know? So that's what I meant, you know, it's this like colorism, it it just shoots at you and white people don't even see it either because all you see is your faces everywhere. So you don't even think about it. So it's not that you are racist, it's not our generation that's really racist. It's, and that's why white people are out here fighting now with us because now they know. Now you're starting to see this repetition of, you know, brothers falling. So now you see it. And that's education. That's how it begins. So now we just got to slide in, you know, Prabhupada's books, you know. (laughs) You know what I mean? There was something like that, you know. Like now, now people are starting to wake up. And it had to happen this way. People don't realize that this is all Krishna. Everything is God. Everything. Thing is happening even the looters the police officers everything is krishna krishna loves in one of our bhagavatam classes over the weekend um gora shakti's amazing probably you probably know who he is um but uh he said the lord loves a good drama <laughs> he is all about drama if you remove the d it's rama <laughs> so I just, Okay, I don't know if anyone knows who Lord Rama is. I'm sorry. I'm sure everyone does. But you know what I mean? So when you read the Gita, when you read about Arjun and what he has to do to get ready for battle, we have to realize that this is our Guru Sefra right now. You know, this is like a version of that in a sense where things have to erupt in order for now God can slide right in. You know, (laughs) the Lord just wants to slide in because. He has us as his warriors. So now you see all these people out here fighting for us because half of our generation is not racist. Possibly maybe the parents and the grandparents, which is true. Let's not even knock that out because that is true. I have met some and even dating white-bodied men, I've had that problem where the parents or the family didn't like me because I was black. So it lives in the older generation, It's still systematic. But people like you and I or you and Vera, you know, you guys are younger, so you don't, that's not, it's not instilled in you. So that's what we're dealing with. It's like it's ending, you know, and now you got white kids out there just fighting more, more than black people out there, you know, they're fighting with us because they're just like, what? Like, why is this happening? So I can see that there's confusion, you know? So anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, some of the, some of the, and the relevant, some of the, in the chat board, uh, our good friend Chandler wrote, Vera's always saying we need to be in relationship. That's how mm-hmm. we move people. So maybe that's us expanding our outreach, genuinely connecting with different demographics. So Yogi Bhakti feels more inclusive. And then um, uh, our good friend Barbara mentioned, we need to push globally for empathy for others. Empathy is understanding, love, and compassion is the way to the heart. And so 
what I what I was kind of <clears throat> what I was hearing and reflecting a little bit, and also this comment is that um, um, so much of it it begins with with um, relationship and and building relationship and and friendship. You know, it's it's kind of like this question of like, okay, what do we do? And what do I do? What do we do? And it's like, well, maybe just build friendships mm-hmm. with communities outside of your own. You know what I mean? Maybe start, maybe start there because I, I, I think, you know, it's, 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 it's so interesting. Like, like, like you think of a parent, which, you know, I don't have a human child. I, I do own a dog. We call him our child. But you think of like a parent and it's like, you know, when you're, when your parent, when your child gets sick, you're not, you know, you're not worried about anybody else's child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're worried about my baby. Like I need to, like, I want to the front of the line of the hospital. I want to know what's going on. You know what I mean? But children are getting sick and dying all over the world. But how much do I pay attention? But it's when someone's, when someone close to home is hurting, when a friend is hurting, I reach out and ask people to pray. When a family member is passing away, I reach out for them. You know, when, when, when a friend or family member dies, I ask them to be remembered during a Thursday night kirtan. I'm not asking, every day people are dying. We're not doing a memorial service every Thursday night kirtan. When someone close to me, and I think that part of what I'm, what I'm hearing from you and appreciating from the comments is that part of, because that underlying issue of, 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 of racism is, is seeing as the other, is that when I, when I don't have close people in my life who are black, it naturally is easy to just see as other, as opposed to, oh, this is, per-. so when I see mm-hmm. black people suffering in the world, it hits me close to home. And I think, why would I, re- why would I want that? Of course. You know, and so I think that part of it is mm-hmm. just looking around like in our own life of how many, how many relationships am I building? Whether it's, you know, pers- we may live in predominantly, in, in neighborhoods that are predominantly one particular color, but, um, but we live in a digital age of like, how many black voices am I listening to on a regular basis or, or you know, reading, listening, um, uh, exposing myself to, to just expand my own perception of life and reality in the world. Patricia beautifully said, one never, one never understands the plague until it's personal. You know what or- I mean? Exactly. Like, you got coronavirus. Some people, well, coronavirus doesn't exist, or what is social distancing? And then a close relative of yours dies, and you're like, oh my God, this is such a serious issue. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I think that just, yeah, what I'm hearing is just like a big, simple, not simple, but thing that I'm hearing to do is, 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 is um, building relationships. And I had that experience very much so of even just being on the show and inviting people onto this podcast. I shared it yesterday and the day before, maybe. Um, I think the day before when I was talking with Brajirani that, you know, I just went into this mode of like, okay, let me just invite people onto the show. I want to hear your voices, et cetera. And just totally skipped over. Like, how are you doing? You know what I mean? You know, before inviting you to speak on the public forum, do you want to just check in one-on-one? How's it going? You know what I mean? As opposed to like checking, as opposed to checking in with my friends, you know what I mean? Skipping over that. And I think that for me, what I'm gaining so much from you and these conversations that I'm having is that there's a need for me to remember that it's it's very at the end of the day it's very 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 personal 
and that the way I engage in personal relationships with people around me will very much affect how I respond, will very much affect the culture that's created, and will very much drive whatever contribution I make towards, towards a change. And so, um, so I'm so grateful that you've always extended me your friendship and that you're a person that I have friendship with. And um, thank you for, for being so, um, for being such a humble, wise, friendly, joyous, positive, optimistic, but also real soul that um, in my life, just um, regardless of, of race, color, et cetera, you're just a beautiful person. And I'm so glad to have you in my life, Monique. And I'm so, so glad that you were here with us. It's really, really, really beautiful. People are appreciating it, showing the love. Um, we have to sign off in a minute. And I just wanted to know if there's any, any closing word you wanted to share with our friends, with our guests, with our, with our peeps out there. Um, another thing that I have said in some of my posts was um, the one thing that could definitely help us <laughs> is, is not even just spirituality with yoga, but also what we're eating and learning about growing. Gardening is such a big, well, it's a big thing. It's actually the biggest thing ever, but it's the smallest thing ever to city people and I grew up a city girl, but now that I know the country, now I know how to grow, um, it has changed me so much and it changes you as a person because you're getting your hands in the dirt. If more kids were doing that, let's say you know you have children, more of them are putting their hands in that dirt, connecting with, you know what I mean, with mother nature on that level with booming. Um, then there would be less of pain, you know what I mean? There would be less pain because most people would be connecting with that expansion of God on that level, you know, because from our level, what it is is when you, when you please Mother Bumi, you know, when you're connecting with her, you're pleasing Radha. When you please Radha, at least please Krishna. So it's probably one of the top most things that a lot of people don't discuss. And even Prabhupada wanted to, you know, spread out having these kind of communities where kids are learning that because that was the missing link to my life. And I think of so many, so many other black body people were out there just gardening and learning how to get their hands dirty and feeling the earth. It changes your entire being. You know, that blessing is with you. Um, and then you see that you don't need McDonald's. You don't need so many outside things, you know, because you're learning how to start from that smaller, smaller, you know, <laughs> area in your life when you're a kid. So it's, it's really, really important to include that. And that would be my closing is, um, is to look into that. Thank you. Spread that word. Thank <laughs> spread you so, so much. I say, I said this word so many times, but you're so beautiful and we love you. Thank you all for tuning in live on Zoom. Appreciate you guys all so, so much. Grateful to have you with us every single day. Um, we look forward to continuing our conversations. Uh, for all our listeners out there, uh, we're back. To, uh, we don't have a guest uh, for tomorrow, so it'll be me and Vera. And we'll be back on our normal, uh, our normal schedule, uh, 9 a.m. to 9.30. And uh, we look forward to continuing these conversations with you. We look forward to hopefully having you back again with us sometime, Monique. And I look forward to just continuing our friendship and being in touch with you one-on-one. -on -one. Um, thank you all so much. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Be well, be safe, stay in touch, and we will see you all again very soon.
Hare Krishna. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna unmute everybody if anybody wants to share share their love with Monique. Thanks, Monique. This was powerful, very, very powerful. We appreciate your time. I appreciate you as a person. Thank you, Monique. Thank you for mentioning the uh, working with the earth and with children. I think it's important. Thank you, Monique. Thank you for bringing your light and your heart and your understanding and depth to this experience. We all appreciate you so, so much. Thank you. Wow. Lovely channel. Love you guys. Okay. Take care, Monique. We'll see you next time. Be well. Be well. Bye, all. Thank you, guys.